Let us turn to scripture. And this morning we read from Paul's letter to the Romans. And the reading is from Romans chapter 8, the verses 1 through 11. Romans 8, 1 through 11. And we respond by singing after the scripture reading from hymn 37, the stanzas 1 and 2. In Romans 8, we hear God's word as follows. Therefore, there... There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law, Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Thus far the scripture reading, let us sing hymn 37. In preparation for the Lord's Supper, let us listen to God's word as it comes to us from Romans 8. And we focus this morning on the first verse where it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. After the sermon, let us sing from Psalm 63, the stanzas 2 and 3. 63, 2 and 3. Brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible is God's wonderful revelation about his dealings with us. And within its pages, we find golden nuggets that make us realize how gracious our God really is. And one such nugget is the glorious statement in Romans 8 that says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. As we commemorate the death of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Lord's Supper celebration this morning, it is a wonderful thing to reflect on this biblical truth. No condemnation. That is great news because we all know that condemnation implies a verdict of punishment. And the Apostle Paul has in mind not just any kind of verdict, but a judgment followed by eternal punishment imposed by God. 
He is the judge whose judgment no one can appeal, whose verdict stands forever. But here we get the wonderful news, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In him we are freed from the power of sin and death. And with that word, therefore, in verse 1, the Apostle Paul begins to gather his discussion of the, uh, of the preceding chapters. And in a few verses, he restates the main points. We see in chapter 5, he stressed that we are freed from the wrath of God when he writes, Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? And then in chapter 6, we are told that we have been set free from the powerful stranglehold sin has on us. And so he concludes in chapter 6 in verse 22, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit of uh, you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. Did you hear that? The benefit of having been set free from slavery to sin leads to holiness and eternal life. But then what becomes of this holiness that Paul spoke of? Because chapter 6 is followed by chapter 7, and in chapter 7 he relates how the sinful nature is a law unto itself that leads to death. And so in that chapter he laments, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, that's what I keep on doing. And so it's no wonder that he says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from the body of death? And then he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And now if you put all these things together this morning, my brothers and sisters, then we get the following picture. Then we hear that we are freed from the wrath of God. That we are freed from the slavery of sin or to sin. And that we are freed from the law of sin and death. All because of the atoning work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it is no wonder that Paul proclaims so triumphantly, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. In other words, we are declared righteous before God in Christ, and this declaration of being not guilty is our joyful assurance that under God's blessing, we have a future. We have this future in Christ Jesus through faith in him. Now, in Romans 7, you might want to refer back to the chapter sometime today. In Romans 7, Paul describes us to a T. On the one hand, we are slaves because sin has such a grip on us that it is impossible for us to lead sinless lives. And yet, on the other hand, we are free persons. Freed from the law of sin and death because Christ has obtained that freedom for us. And God accomplished this for us by sending his son into this world. Christ came to carry out what the law could not do for us. 
The law could not overpower Satan's stranglehold on us. The law could not change our unwilling hearts to beat for God or free us from the power of sin. But Christ could. And therefore, God the Father intervened. And he did it by giving his most precious gift. He sent his own son in the likeness of sinful men. The glorious gospel message is what the law weakened by sin could not achieve. Christ has done. He has set us free from the guilt of sin and from the enslaving power of sin. And therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Instead, they have received in Christ complete salvation and so complete restoration. And that, my brothers and sisters, is the wonder of God's grace. For in this action, God shows both his justice and his love. His justice in that sin could not go unpunished. And so he punished it in his one and only son. So that in his love, God might save us from damnation. And therefore, what a wonderful future we have. But what a great presence or present we have as well. Because we now already may go through life with the joyful assurance that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Through Christ, the spirit of life set us free from the law of sin and death. And so by sending his own son to become one of us, God the Father made it possible that there are people who live again to the praise of his glory. That is, people whose lives are not dominated by sin, but whose lives are ruled by the Spirit. And this morning we can affirm that life-giving work of the Spirit as we celebrate the Lord's Supper. For every time we take the bread and the wine, we receive the assurance that Christ's death brings us new hope, and we confess that Christ's resurrection brings us new life. And that's so important to commemorate, my brothers and sisters, because sometimes we are weighed down by our daily shortcomings and transgressions. That burden is often felt among older people. I've heard it regularly as they reflect on the life they have lived, and they wonder what the consequences of the sins might be. But we should make a clear distinction between our status or our position before God and the condition in which we still find ourselves at times due to sin. You see, our status or our condition before God is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because we are justified by faith, which the Holy Spirit works in our heart, even though our condition or our circumstances are such that we still have to struggle against our sinful nature. Now, younger people may not be burdened by sin in that same way. They often feel that they still have a life ahead of them in which they can straighten things out with the Lord. But remember, the Apostle Paul once asked the probing question, 
And that question is not age-related, by the way. He asked the probing question, shall we keep on sinning so that God's grace may increase? And the answer is, of course not. We die to sin. And so also in our younger years, we should reflect upon a life in the Spirit and ask, am I living up to God's standards? And all of us here know what God's standards are. We hear them read every Sunday morning when we listen to the reading of God's law. But as long as we fight against our sinful inclination and desire to serve God, we may be assured that what God has accomplished in Christ holds true for us now and forever. In the Lord's Supper form, we hear this encouraging explanation. Therefore, we may be fully assured that no sin or weakness which still remains in us against our will can prevent us from being received by God in grace and from being made worthy partakers of this heavenly food and drink. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And you see, the Spirit binds us to the Savior and gives us new life in him and through faith in him. By faith, the Spirit of Christ lives in us so that we read elsewhere in Scripture, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And that is the wonderful gift of grace we commemorate and celebrate as we take the bread and the wine. And let us do so with heart and soul. For in this meal we share in the joy of the writer of Psalm 63, which we will sing in a moment. You fill my soul with rich delight as with the joy of lavish feasting. Yes, feasting. As we eat the bread and the wine, let us with heartfelt joy embrace the glad tiding no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then remember, that is not our doing. It is all by grace alone, through faith alone. And therefore, praise God for his wonderful salvation. Amen.